it's um, kind of important to talk about these things and, and be open to, to let people know that, that kind of they're not alone in, in this feeling. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Ali, welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. I'm looking forward to this chat because I think there's a lot of things that I can learn from you, which I'm really excited about. Wicked, wicked. Let's <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> so the first question that I ask absolutely every single guest that's on this podcast is how do you refer to your disability? Because it's completely individual to the person. In what sense do you mean like, is it, um, in what sense exactly? So how do you refer to it? Like, how do you, I don't want to say label yourself because that's not what this is, but how do you talk about your disability or how, when someone asks you what your disability is, what do you say? Um, well, well, the first thing I'd say is that I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty open about it now. And yeah. um, that, that's the first thing I'd say. Um, um and I just if somebody asks me like oh what what conditions you have or whatever I just say yeah I've, I've got um I've got cerebral palsy uh, I, I was born with it and uh and uh yeah I've, it's just something I've had to have and that I have to deal with I mean in that in that context I'd say I, I never use the term like uh I like suffer with cerebral palsy because yeah. like I noticed that that that's a term that's like used quite often. Um, yeah. uh, and I, I'm I'm not a big fan of that because, um, well, while cerebral palsy is different for everyone, and obviously, like some people have it way harder than others. Um, mm. Like I don't believe I suffer with cerebral palsy. Um, mm. I, I believe it's something uh, that I have, and it's something that comes with uh, challenges but but it's something that I've had to um like kind of adapt to really so that, that's what I'd say about how how I kind of treat my disability uh, if you like I hope that kind of answers your question <laughs> yeah it does because I think you're very right in what you're saying is that you know a lot of people tend to think that disability sometimes comes along with suffering and, and it really like don't get me wrong there are people out there who do struggle and they do have hardships but I I would also never say that I suffer or that I um struggle with disability because it's not that's not my experience of it and that's not to like disregard that there is the experience of that but for me personally it, it doesn't match up yeah so exactly it, yeah, and I think it's so important that you that you say that because you know it's not something that you like quote unquote suffer with because it's it's not a suffering as such. Yeah, yeah. So with with that, what was it like for you growing up and going to school with cerebral palsy? Was it was it difficult? Was it did you face any barriers to entry? What was it like for you? Um I think it was weird for me because um like normally primary school is like um great and secondary school is like rubbish like the, <laughs> for for most people but for me it was actually the the opposite way around um as in like um 
so my primary school was a great school like my teachers were great like everyone was fantastic but um I actually got bullied in primary school um mm -hmm. quite badly uh and that and it was, it's funny because the majority of the people that bullied me were actually girls um and it and it affected my um it affected my kind of uh my confidence with girls for years yeah. um and um but then when, when I got to uh secondary school because I, I went to an all-boys school when yeah. I went to secondary um and apart from the sick form which was mixed um yeah and in terms of secondary like I am um, I made a really good group of friends um and we're still mates now like we're all really close um so secondary school was a much better experience for me uh even even though I'd say that in terms of the actual schools themselves my primary was better than my secondary like in terms of the schooling experience yeah my secondary wasn't great um but in barriers to entry I didn't really face any of that um I'd, I'd say that in secondary school they they weren't the best at like including me and stuff uh-huh um so like they wouldn't let me uh, I remember in sick form there was a park literally like 100 meters outside the school. Yeah. Where like everyone could go for lunch and like all my mates would go and stuff. And they literally wouldn't let me go because of like health and safety reasons. And then I, it got to the point where like I told them, look, I'll, I'll push myself because they were like, oh, you can't go with a member of staff because of health and safety. Uh huh. Um, so I said to them, look, I will push myself there. Yeah. Like, and they were like, no health and safety. And then my parents said to them, look, we'll sign a waiver that if anything happens, it's our responsibility. And they were like, no. And then at that point, I said to them, like, what you're doing is wrong because you, you can't apply health and safety rules more strictly to me because, because I'm disabled. Because... Because their whole thing was, what if you fall over? What if you do this? What? And I was like, well, that can happen to anyone. Like, yeah, exactly. Not, not just me. That, that honestly, I don't understand how people think that applying health and safety to disabled people is acceptable because there's no other like group of people in society that would mm. ever ever experienced that like oh no you can't do that because of health and safety yeah yeah i know it's it's um it's a bit mad it's a bit mad really like even even when it came to stuff like pe they they wouldn't really let me like um because I, I remember when we got into sick form one and even before that like the the boys they do like bench press and go to the gym and yeah and like and they wouldn't let me participate in any of that. Um, uh, so, yeah, my secondary school was really rubbish at, like, yeah. um, sort of being uh, inclusive. But mm -hmm. but in terms of the group of friends that I made, like, um, I couldn't really ask for better mates. So, yeah. Uh, and if I had to do it all over again, I, I would. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't really change anything, but yeah, the experience like it wasn't the greatest, but what I got out of it, it was it was worth it. 
So yeah, and I think it's it's a really interesting one, especially when it comes down to schooling and disability, because schools don't necessarily know how to handle disabled children if they haven't had to handle or like you know handle is the wrong word, but they don't know how to approach and deal with the differences that come with disabled children, and especially because every disability is so individual and unique. You know, for a teacher who's never come across a child with a disability before, it is going to be such a massive, for want of a better word, it's going to be a massive head fuck for them because they just, they're not going to understand what to do. And like, I can, I can understand that from like a teacher's point of view, but then also on the other hand, as a disabled, like, you know, person, I've been a disabled child. The best advice I can give is just let us do what we can do. And like, if it goes wrong, let us fall flat on our face because yeah, at some exactly. point you need to learn, right? hundred um, percent. I think if you restrict someone, like um, you're never going to find out like what they're capable of. Yeah, exactly. So so it's, it's best to like work with them and be like, okay, we know you're in this situation, but let's figure out what you can do. And, and a lot of the time, like that's through trial and error. Like you're not gonna know what what somebody can do straight away, and that and that's with that's with anyone when they try anything new, let let alone somebody with a disability. So yeah, um, you know it's um you gotta learn to kind of uh, um allow people to kind of figure out what they're capable of, so then you yeah. can learn to work with them. Yeah, exactly. And and it's about making it more of a partnership and not like a dictatorship is the best way to explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, like you want to work with people who want to help you grow and help you discover what you can and can't do, especially when you're younger, because you do need guidance when you're younger. I mean, everybody needs guidance. That's why we have parents. That's why we go to school. But it's when it that guidance or the people who are meant to be providing you that guidance automatically shut the doors and won't even let you go out and experience or want to help you with your guidance that's when it becomes a bit of an issue (laughs) yeah I mean just to add to this like when I um when I got into the um secondary because my my secondary school was a catholic school Uh and and um like my family aren't religious um but the school had like a really good reputation so yeah. like my my mom and sister fought to get me in that school because at first I was like rejected because I, I we weren't Catholic. Uh-huh. Um, and then when I did eventually get in, I remember the head of learning support at the time who was an absolute oh, I hated her, couldn't stand <laughs> her. Um, she she said to my mom like, oh he can't do. He can't do French. He can't do art. He can't do this subject. He can't do that subject. And my mum turned around and was like, "Hang on, like you barely even know my child, and you're like judging him based on yeah. what? Like you're you're judging his intelligence based on his disability, which is wrong. Like, just, yeah, you can't you can't be doing that. Like, so looking back, some of the stuff that that they did and the way they um." they treated me was quite poor at times mm-hmm. um but like as i said like the the friends that i made and and even some of the um learning support assistants that were at the school were like fa- fantastic i mean some yeah. of them some of them i've actually remained in contact with and i'm actually friends with them um uh, the the learning support staff yeah. um so yeah like 
there were aspects of the of the of secondary school which were absolutely brilliant, and that's why, um, despite everything else that happened, I, I wouldn't really change it. Yeah. What I what I gained from it was like so worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, of course. And and with all of that, when you left school, how did your disability, if it did or if it didn't, how has that gone on to impact your career? And, and what you do now in terms of like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and all of that good stuff that you do, how has it all been impacted by that? Um, I think that because, uh, I mean, it's people are always a bit uh, like shocked when I say this, but when I was younger, like I was quite, uh, I was quite lazy, like when it came to exercise, but, yeah. but that was because like, I wasn't really, um, I would always try and run away from my disability. I was, I didn't really like myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't happy like with my situation. Um, yeah. And I'd always try and distance myself from my disability, but, but that was more because like, because of the way I felt that um, society w- would look at me. So uh-huh. I, I kind of like um, internalized those views, so, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but basically, and especially when it came to me being like a teenager and like hormones going through you and like girls coming into the picture and, <laughs> yeah. and all that stuff, like um, I was, I went through like a phase in like my um, early to mid teenage years um, where like I was quite. Um, depressed and stuff mm-hmm. um and uh i think the thing that turned that around um was actually again during secondary school um where towards the latter and my, my mates invited me to play football with them um and mm-hmm. uh, they were like oh do you want to come because when i was younger i used to play like on my knees as a goalie so okay so when I told when I told them they were like oh do you want to come play with us and I was like yeah and when I first started I was rubbish like <laughs> I was let, letting goals in left right and center like and all this but every time I made a mistake like my mates were there to pick me up um, yeah and and they would always say like no on to the next one or like you can improve or whatever and and then eventually like um it kind of turned into a drive to to kind of really improve, um, yeah. And and eventually, I, I ended up improving so much, um, and I think like that's the point um, where I realized, or oh, if I work for something, um, I can get results. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, love that. And um, and like once I realized that, that's that's like been my attitude to to everything really. So like. I always credit my mates for this because um, if, if they hadn't invited me to football and kind of um, hadn't encouraged me when, when I needed it, um, especially during those early stages, um, like, and w- one of our mates who has an older brother who, who played in goal, he'd always be there like um, kind of doing specific drills with me or like giving me advice and yeah. stuff like every time I made a mistake. Um, so without that, I think, um, I wouldn't have had this attitude change. So yeah. it, a m- massive credit 
goes to my mates um, for like inviting me down and and being patient with me and stuff. Um, and then that's kind of what um, what was the start of me kind of because after my first year at university, um, I decided to go to. So my parents are from Iran. Uh-huh. Um, and after my first year at university, I decided to uh, take a gap year and go to Iran for a year. Oh, wow. Um, and do a year of like intensive um, physio okay. um, and rehab. Because um, I had a surgery there when I was younger. Um, and um, I remember way back then, like working with a physiotherapist when I was a child. Yeah. Um, and while I remember it being painful, like I, like I remembered it being painful, um, which is the reason why I, I kind of wanted to get out of it when I, when yeah, I was of younger. Course. Um, I, I said to my parents, like, let me go to Iran, speak to this, uh, to the same physio and see if I can, if he thinks there's any chance I can kind of improve my, my condition um and I went and spoke to him um the during Christmas during my first year of of uni and I said like look do you think do you think there's a chance that I can improve like even one percent and he was like you can but at your age it's going to be really really hard um yeah you're gonna have to really really work hard and I was like cool like that's all that's all I needed to hear so then yeah. after I finished my first year um I said to my parents like I have to do this now like it's it's my decision yeah um because when I when I was younger like um it was kind of like my mom and my dad would make all the decisions like, when I was younger yeah um but then this time I was like it's my decision this this is what I want to do um and they were like yeah okay so I spent a year out there um and after that year I dramatically like um improved my condition so when it comes to CP I I don't know if you know but there's this thing called the GMFCS scale Uh um which basically classifies you on like your your functions like what 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 you can do basically uh-huh. Um, there are five levels, um, with five being the most severe and one being the least severe. Um, and when I was originally diagnosed, uh, I was diagnosed as a level four okay. on that scale. Uh, I'm now a level three. Um, wow. So I, I managed to basically, um, decrease my severity level on that scale, um, by one. Um, and it it kind of got to the point where like, um, I used to be like 95% reliant on my chair. Um, and now I can get around with a frame. Um, I can, I can walk around on crutches now, uh, indoors. Um, I, I went from playing on my knees, playing football on my knees to playing on crutches in goal. Um, so like I, um, I dramatically improved my condition, uh, during Um, that year. 
was that through like intensive physio? Like how did that come about? Because I'm so intrigued that you went like that you made the decision to go to Iran and you were like, no, I'm, I'm going to do this for myself because I want, I want to work at this. Mm-hmm. So wh- wh- what was the process? Was it, did you have any operations or was it just purely like physiotherapy for, mm-hmm. for your legs and your muscles? No, it was, well, it was a combination of three things. It was uh, physiotherapy, like very intense physiotherapy. Yeah. And it was very, very, very painful. Um, so it was intense physiotherapy, it was hydrotherapy, and it was a treatment called um, low-level laser therapy. Oh, right. As well. Um, so it was, a co- it was a combination of the three. Um, and yeah, it was, it was a tough year. It was very, very hard. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of days I'd be, uh, I'd be on the phone to my mates, like crying because I was in pain. Like, yeah. Um, and they, again, like, credit to my mates because they were always there for me like even uh even when I was abroad in another country um yeah but yeah it was it was a really really tough year but throughout that whole year I just I just knew that look I wanted to I wanted to improve and I, and I kept that in my in my head um even when it got hard I mean yeah at one point it even got to the point where my, my dad who's like quite um like he's not one to wrap me in cotton wool so, so to speak yeah um but even he was like oh do you want me to do you want me to stop because because I was in that much pain and even though I was in pain like I replied to him and I was like no look like and I was crying at the same time yeah but I was like no no like let uh let me let me push through let me push through yeah, because um, you had that goal, your end goal in mind, and you you didn't want to like not get to that end goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was really really hard, but it was um, it was definitely worth it. And um, and then uh, when I got back from Iran, that's really um, kind of um, and then after university and stuff in like twenty nineteen, so. I think during my second or third year, I can't, I can't even remember now because <laughs> of COVID and all that. Um, I uh, I started going to the gym full time, getting into fitness. Yeah. Um, and again, like funny enough, I, I always I always say this to people, and they they always get a laugh out of it. But one one of my motivations for like starting the gym was actually to um, make myself more attractive to girls. <laughs> um, so I I started the gym like full time as in like um three times a week in like 2019. Yeah. Um and that's when I started my fitness page as well. Um because I, I always told myself that if I start a page, I want I want people to uh be there like right from the start, or if they yeah. join later on, I want them to see like how I was at the start. Um, yeah to to see the progress that you've made yeah yeah and then in 2021 uh so may may last year i um i started brazilian jiu-jitsu and now uh-huh. and now I, I weight train and, and i do jiu-jitsu and, and that's 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 basically how i got to where i am now yeah 
And it's amazing that you've been so headstrong in the decisions that you've made, because as you said, like you made the decision to go to Iran, nobody else did. You took that upon yourself. You made the decision to go to the gym. You made the the decision to start like Brazilian jiu-jitsu and and it's all been because you've had like an end goal in mind. And I think that's so admirable is that you've you've never backed down from a goal that you've had. And I think that's a really like important key to take away is that actually like, and this might not be applicable to all disabled people, don't get me wrong, but a lot of people that I do know who do have a disability, if they have an end goal in mind, they will go out of their way to make sure that they pursue it and like, and get that goal because it's something that's so important to them. More so, I would say, than your average able-bodied person, purely because sometimes, and I know life is not about proving people wrong or, or proving people right, but you ha- there is that element that you do almost have have something to like, you know, you, you've got something to show the world that you can do it just as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and through all of this, so obviously, you had you didn't have the, like the greatest school experience, but your secondary experience is a lot better than your primary school experience. And then you obviously you've been to uni, and now you weight train. Through through the hardship that you've had, have you learned a positive attribute about yourself? Um, I think a hundred percent. When uh, one thing that I have learned is that when when I uh, when I start something like and I and I really enjoy something like when when I'm when I'm fully invested in something and I and I enjoy something and like I am um, you know I have a goal like I am um, even um even if at times I do feel a bit rubbish because mm-hmm. uh, in in BJJ like there are days where I, I feel like shit because BJJ is a very like demanding sport both yeah. physically like and mentally um so and everyone goes through this like as a what because I'm I'm still a white belt um but I've got I've got two stripes on my white so I'm basically halfway through my white belt uh-huh. but, but as a white belt and even in um during like later uh, belts you go through phases where you feel like you're not improving at all and like um it can be really really taxing um yeah and one of my mates um uh who who i train with who's like a really good friend of mine um she put it amazingly to me at one point she said that um like people say jujitsu is like really good for mental health and, and it is, but on yeah. on the other hand, it can be really bad as well mm-hmm. because of the nature of the sport. And um like that's why she said that it's it's um kind of um important to talk about these things and, and be open to to let people know that that kind of they're not alone in, in this feeling. Cause yeah. Um but despite all of that I, I've never given up I, I still even when I feel rubbish I still go even like if I'm feeling yeah. good I'll go I, I'll just I'll just show up to training no matter what because because I, I've got massive ambitions uh in the sport um and despite all the challenges like that um that come with it like I love the sport man yeah um so that that kind of overcomes everything uh, and to bring it back to the um original point i think when i set my mind to something 
or I've got to go, or, or even if I enjoy doing something, I, I don't, I don't give up. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very determined, and, and I think, I think that's the best thing about me. Um, because um, I remember even during lockdown, like all my mates were, um, kind of calling me up and saying, "Ah, oh, how do you stay motivated, man?" Like, because. Yeah. Without fail, I, I wait. I bought myself weights and I weight train three times a week throughout the whole of lockdown. Yeah. Um, and it's because I told myself, one, I don't want to lose the the progress that I'd made, like going to the gym and stuff. And two, I want to come out of the um, lockdown stronger than when I went into the lockdown. Yeah, and I can completely understand that. Um, you want you want to benefit somewhat from this experience. Yeah, and then. So I I uh, I basically said to my mates like, look, I'm not I'm not motivated all the time. Like, I'm I'm gonna be real. I'm not I'm not motivated all the time. But but you you can't wait around for motivation. And and yeah. re- and reason being, like, motivate. I always say that motivation comes through action. If 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 you do something. And and you see results, and you see like a small amount of progress, and I, and I think, and I think it's key that we learn to kind of celebrate the the small wins as well. Yeah. Because people always think about like big goals and and kind of big ambitions and stuff, which is good, but often when we don't break those down into smaller goals, like that's that's when you kind of um, get demotivated or, or whatever. Yeah. So like learn learn to kind of celebrate the small wins. Uh, but I, I said to them, look, motivation comes through action. M- motivation isn't always going to be around and, and it's not going to appear through thin air. But if, if you take action and do something and you get a positive result, then that, that's what motivates you to carry on. And then, and then there you go, like you've got your motivation, but, but you've created that yeah. r- rather than waiting around for it. And, and um, I just said to them, like, it's got to the point where it's like a habit now for me. Yeah. I, I, know, I know it's good for me. So I, I just do it regardless because I, I want to get it done. Yeah. Because um, I, I know the um, the kind of um, what it's going to lead to, um, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, I think that's that's a really, like, important comment is that, you know, motivation comes from the self rather than externally. Because if you're looking for motivation in the external, you're going to find it, but it's going to be very, very fleeting. It's not going to be long lasting. And I think it's also important to say that motivation isn't always there. Like your habits and the results are what builds your motivation. So sometimes you might not feel motivated, but as as you just said, you know that it's good for you. You know that you feel good at the end of it and that's why you do it. Yeah, 100%. And with all of this, I always like to ask guests, is there a piece of advice that you would give either your younger self or a younger person with the same disability as yourself? Um, I think the biggest piece of advice that I'd give, um, one, my younger self, and two, somebody like me is just... Um, because I so I'll bring this back to when I was a child, right? 
Um, yeah. One thing I would say, like when it when it comes to like physio and stuff, because when I was a child, I, I used to find physiotherapy like but hella boring. Um, yeah. Um, and also like the head physio or like consultant every time I told her my my goal which was all oh, like I want to I want to be able to walk I want to be like independent she'd always tell me yeah. oh you're you're being too um unrealistic you need you need to change your goals and that that affected my motivation to exercise as a child yeah I can imagine because I was like well like what, what what's the point sort of thing and, and even though people around me were like um positive I think that one like negative comment like it really affected me yeah um, of course as, and, and uh, at such a young age as well like it it would be bound to affect you in some kind of way yeah so my, my advice is actually to I know you said to my younger self to or to other um other people like me but my advice is actually to to two strands of people what one is a physiotherapist and the other one is like what what you said so my, my advice to physios would be that um to basically um help the help the child find a purpose when it when it comes to their exercise yeah. um and what I mean by that is when I, when I tell you what my advice is to uh, my younger self or, or younger people like me, you'll understand what I mean. But so my, my advice to my younger self or younger people like me is find what something that you enjoy uh, when it comes to like exercise or, yeah. or physical activities and just go after it and, uh, and pursue it. Um, and just give it your all. And if you don't like it, try try something else. That's fine. Um, but in conjunction with that, to go back to what I said about the physios, uh, when I when I say help the child find a purpose, what I mean by that is if if the child is into I don't know football, yeah, let, let's say, and and you're exercising with the child, um, don't don't just say oh like we're we're doing this to kind of improve your hamstring strength for example you you need to say we're doing this to to improve this foot uh, this uh, movement within football yeah for example because yeah. then if if you if you say things like that you're giving the child a, a purpose in conjunction with what they enjoy yeah so so then they're more likely to be to be receptive to doing the exercise do do you understand what I mean yeah because you're you're giving that external like again it comes back to that motivation you're you're making it and I don't mean accessible in terms of like disability you're making it accessible in terms of like brain power you're making making the links for the child and you're making the links you know, because I, I I know that physiotherapy is important when you have um, CP. Like it is, it's really important. I've spoken to a couple of people who have it and physio has always been something that they've spoken about. And I think you're so right. If you don't have that like motivation around it or you don't have 
the understanding of of how these movements can help you, like you said, you know, with football or or even with like baking, if you don't necessarily understand that or have the knowledge, you, you don't necessarily want to do it because as you said, like it can be painful. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's about creating that link and kind of uh, one that the the child like or the younger person like finding a purpose yeah and and two the people around them like helping like create that purpose if yeah if that makes sense um I think that um kind of um those are the biggest pieces of advice that I'd um I'd give and and um talking about younger people like me that's one of the biggest reasons I I started my page because I, uh-huh. I said to myself, I, I wanna, I wanna be that example that I didn't have growing up to, yeah, to kids like me, um, and that's why it's so rewarding for me when I when I receive uh, messages from kids with CP or, or or parents of children who have CP when they say like, oh, we love your page, we love what you're doing, yeah. Um, I even had someone reach out to me recently and and they said, oh, like I'm I'm thinking about starting my own like M- journey in like MMA and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I'm so glad I ran across your page. Um and that, that was really heartwarming uh for me because um I, I wanna give back to the next generation. Uh, I wanna make things easier for them. Uh yeah. I wanna make the sport more inclusive as well. Um um in terms of bjj itself um and like that that's why i'm i'm like i'm gonna be competing in my first competition uh on the 20th of august oh amazing um, so yeah um but one of my biggest goals is yeah just to give give back to the next uh, to the next generation really yeah um, yeah and I think that's that's a like a really great way of looking at it is that you're you're giving back because ultimately I think that's what like that's like the main like the main goal of like you know the human race is to always give back to the generation that comes up behind them and I think that's a really like brilliant way of looking at it is that you're not necessarily always doing it for yourself you're doing it for other people but like who are coming up after you yeah so, <laughs> so I have this one particular question that really annoys me when people ask me about my disability and it tends to be or it's two it's did a shark bite your arm off or alternatively what happened now do you have a set or or find some questions that you find particularly annoying or intrusive when it comes to your disability that people can ask you um um, oh i'm just trying to figure out a way to describe (laughs) this um i think i think for me is like I don't have a problem with people asking any question really. Um, yeah. I, I just, I just think there's a certain way to ask. And, and obviously yeah. like it, it depends on the people. Cause like if, if it's your mates and they, they, they like, cause I'm, I'm a pretty easy going guy. So I, I don't get offended <laughs> or, or anything anyway. Like, and I'm oftentimes I'm the first one to, to take the piss out of myself really. Um, so, but I think, I think there's a way to ask. Um, yeah. And the best thing, the best way I can, I can kind of give an example for this is that, like, um, when I've been to clubs, for example, and I, and I hate, 
I hate going clubbing, by the way, because <laughs> of the attention that I get. I just, I just don't. And, and it's the only place where this kind of stuff like really happens. Uh-huh. Um, like when I go to bars or like anywhere else, it doesn't really happen. But, but for example, like when I, when I go to clubs, uh, I've been asked like straight off the bat, like, oh, does it work? Or like, can you have sex or... You're not the first person that I've spoken to that has said this. Mm. A friend of mine, Dom, he was on the he was the second episode of this podcast and he said the exact same thing because he also has CP. And he says that when he was younger and he used to go out, people would always ask him, like, does it work? And he would be like, Does what work? Like, what are you actually asking me here? Yeah, and then like, but the thing is, if if somebody like if we were having a conversation and and somebody asked me like, "Can you have sex?" I'd be like, "Yeah." Like I wouldn't <laughs> have a I wouldn't have a problem answering it. But it's when they do it like straight off the bat, like yeah. not just nothing, just out of the blue, just bang. It's like what you wouldn't go up to any other person. No, and, exactly. And, and I yeah. think that that's so wild that that happens. I know. I know. Like, because at no other point in time would you ever go up to someone like, and it like, you should never do that anyway. Like, it's not an icebreaker for anybody. Nobody wants to be asked that yeah, question I know. off the bat. <laughs> like, it's not appropriate. But I don't understand. Like, I find it mind blowing that that's what people come up to people to ask. Like, that, like and it's, if that's your first thought in your head, like, oh, like, can they have sex? Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs) I know. Um, So yeah, like I don't really get offended by um, by any question. Um, I I just think there's a there's a certain way to ask. um, There's a certain way to ask questions. Um, But I think uh, one thing that does really annoy me, and it's not really a a question per se, um, but it's when like. so I'll be in a supermarket, for example, or or just somewhere, and um, and a child will be with their with their parent, yeah, or whatever, and and the child will will ask like, "Mummy, Daddy, like, well, why why is he like why is he like this or why is he on a chair or why does he use a chair?" And and the parent the parent will go, "Shh, like, let's not talk about yeah. that," and. And I'm I'm always there, like why, like let <laughs> let them ask, like yeah. like you dismissing it is only gonna gonna influence their views that like disability is a bad thing, like yeah, so, completely. So, like the last time that that happened, I literally went up to the the um the parent and the child, and I was like, hi. Like my name's Ali. I was born with CV. Like, and that's why, like, I'm on a wheelchair. Um, I love that so then, much. Like, and then the thing is, like, the you could tell that the and I and I said to the child, like, oh, this is why I'm like this. So give me a high five. And then I made a I made a connection with the child. Yeah. And they were like, and they were like all happy and like, and it was fine. And then I um I said to the parent. Uh, I was like, look, don't, don't hide away. Like when your, when your child is curious, like don't, yeah. don't do that. Um, and 
and she was really taken aback like when when I did this because she she wasn't expecting it but she kind of understood like what I meant um, yeah and that I think that's the beautiful thing about um about children is that like they're genuinely curious yes um, very very true very true children have a oh, yeah. curiosity that that we lose as adults completely exactly and um but yeah that I'd say I'd say that that annoys me more than questions the fact that people are like so um sort of quick to brush it under the car uh, under the rug yeah um and be like Shh, we don't we don't talk about it or like don't be rude but it's like they're not being rude though like because yeah you need to look at why why they're coming out with what what they are and it's because like they're they're genuinely curious there's nothing um there's nothing rude about that like even um one of the guys who are trained with uh uh bjj he's got a um a kid and uh one, one of the first times i went to train uh he was sitting on the sofa like like next to the mats and mm-hmm. um he just started talking to me like saying oh like how can you fight when when you're like this and and i said to him like oh like watch me on the watch me on the mats watch me on the mats <laughs> like you you'll see i've got i'm very strong i've got strong arms uh, and then ever since then, like every time he sees me, like he, he gives me a high five and he's like, like, yeah, like how are you sort of sort of thing? Like, and his view on, on disability might be positively influenced yeah. because of that interaction we had. And, and like, that's, that's like, that's the best thing. Yeah. Um, and I, you're very, very correct when you say that shying away from talking about disabilities especially when it's a family or it's a situation where the child and I'm talking about children in particular the child has not necessarily experienced disability before and I understand that disability is something you know for those who are not disabled to navigate can be quite difficult and you know it's it's an unknown territory however shying away from it only makes the perception of disability worse Whereas if you have that interaction, you have that conversation. And like you said about the the young child training at your gym, like if you have that, their perception has been positively influenced by you, the interaction that you have with them. Yeah, and that's exactly. something that really needs to be taken into account is, is rather than shying away from disability and, and having, you know, what might be deemed as slightly awkward conversations that only actually benefits everybody it, it doesn't benefit the child it benefits the whole of society to have those conversations yeah i agree yeah yeah and so i've got one final question for you ali and that is can you say that you are disabled and proud yes a hundred percent uh, 100%. uh <laughs> it's, it's taken me a while to get here yeah um but you know I, I always tell people now that um you know i've been i've been asked uh if you had the chance to kind of not not have your disability or or like kind of be normal in inverted commas, yeah, um, would you? And I always tell people, well, like, no, I wouldn't because like my my disability like it's it's given me so much, um, yeah. um, and I think even though it was hard for me growing up, like my um. My disability is now, I feel like it's given me a purpose. 
yeah to to be there to to be an example to others to like do do all i can uh like kind of in my own lane which is in in bjj to to kind of like make the sport more more inclusive and 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 stuff like that so i think i am i am very proud to be disabled um because it's given me so much so um yeah yeah that, that's that's what i'd say <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on the podcast today i've really enjoyed this chat because i think it's been it's very enlightening and i think you know how you speak about disability as well is is really great because you're always thinking about the generation behind you, which I think is wonderful Like for, for anyone to have that thought, not just people who are disabled. And I really, really enjoyed this. So thank you for giving up your time and coming on today. Yeah, no worries. Um, uh, it's, always, um, it's always a pleasure to do these things for me because um, like, I really want to, uh, you know, make connections and like push my story out there. And, um because I'm hoping to get to the point where I can uh, I can train like full time, yeah, and and do BJJ full time, and um, so I, I always try and take any opportunity to put myself out there. So no, it's a it's a, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank um, you so much. No worries at all. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.